Hello and thank you for taking a moment to listen to God's word today here at King City Church. Currently we are in a series where we dig into some of the greatest biblical marriages and see what we can learn. Now prepare your heart as we travel back in time for once upon a marriage. Welcome to week 2 of Once Upon a Marriage series. All right after last sunday there's only one person excited about the series <laughs> thank you i hope you are all still excited to be part of this series once upon a marriage yes you are excited to learn more about what does it mean to have a godly marriage a godly relationship amen you know we are we are starting this series with with you know uh, looking at four couples from the old testament and and last week we had such a really exciting time looking at Jacob and Leah and Rachel and how you know just go back and listen to the sermon if you missed it and another another exciting thing is our sermons are now on spotify it's 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 on podcast now so you don't have to drain your data by watching it on youtube you can easily listen to it and save your data as well praise be to god what a considerate church we have wow amen <laughs> last week we looked at this title when marriage is your answer what will happen we looked at three things when marriage is your answer and we learned that don't step into any relationship or a marriage thinking that marriage is the ultimate answer for your life no jesus is the ultimate answer for your life never commit to your spouse saying that you are my number one if a man ever looks at you and tells you you are my number one look at him and tell him i'm sorry i shall be your number two because jesus should be the number one of your lives and your relationship and your marriage this morning i have even much more exciting title that i'm going to speak on amen and the title for this morning is control or empower control or empower if you are taking notes you can write this down it's coming on the screen i hope it's coming for the people online as well control or empower and we are going to look uh from this couple in the bible called ahab and jezebel king ahab and jezebel now now this couple are known for the worst marriage in the history of the bible and we and and i love the bible this is why i love the bible god didn't say oh gosh guys we can't we can't put ahab and jezebel in there people shouldn't know about them it's the worst marriage let's skip the part let's only put the good stuff bible never did that bible always that is why this is more authentic than ever it put the good it put the worst so that we will learn from the good and the worst thing so king ahab and his evil wife jezebel that's what we're going to learn from now ahab was the seventh king of the northern king northern kingdom of israel when it came to war when it came to battle when it came to his kingdom ahab was a very aggressive king you know he would go he would fight he would get he's a go getter 
he would be so driven, he would be so motivated. But when it came to his marriage, Ahab was a passive man. All the men said, uh-oh. He was a very passive man. The reason is, Ahab took a lot of decision under the influence of his wife and he led the nation far from God and people started worshipping Baal instead of Yahweh God. And the reason they did that is because Jezebel, she influenced her husband and he said, yes, my dear. Yes, my dear, as you please. Yes, my dear, as you please. See, in 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 25, we're going to stay in 1 Kings chapter 21 and we're going to look at a few passages. So in 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 25, it says, the, the words will come on the screen, it says, No one else so completely sold himself to what was evil in the Lord's sight. I really pray that God will never ever say that about us. Amen. That is like no one else so completely sold himself to what was evil in the Lord's sight as Ahab did under the influence of his wife Jezebel. This morning I want to talk about two characters. Two characters who represent uh, a dynamic who represent an attitude, who represent a character that we all possess and we see that nature in us as well. Ahab represents the passive husband and Jezebel represents the controlling wife. And we will go into the passages and we will learn to see how a godly marriage should work and also how when you look for a man or a woman for the future, you will know certain things now so that it will trigger an alarm in your head that this is not God's nature. Amen? Don't you love God's word? Yes? Great. The passive husband. See, Ahab had a very sweet neighbor called Naboth. Everybody look at the person next to you and, uh, and tell them, Naboth was a sweet guy. He was, right? Now the Bible says in 1 Kings 21, and we're going to read from verse 2 to 4. It says, Ahab said to Naboth, let me have your vineyard to use for a vegetable garden. Now I find that a little weird for a king to have a, a vegetable garden. It's like every man has a, a feminine thing to do. You know that? Every man has a little feminine thing in them. For, you know, for me, like, I love candles. I, I like really nice fragrance candles. I really like it. I never tell my wife that, but I, every time she lights it up, I'll go smell it. And now she started making them at home. Yeah. And, and, and I really love that. And, and some other guys have other kind of little feminine things going on that they really like, which they don't want to talk about. And I think Ahab, his thing is probably a vegetable garden. I don't know why he wanted to have a vegetable garden. A king 
I don't know what he's doing in a vegetable garden. But anyway, since it is close to my palace, in exchange, I will give you a better vineyard. Or if you prefer, I will pay you whatever that is worth. Now, you got to understand, this thing, this sin is happening over a vegetable garden. Everybody remember that, okay? Now, but Naboth replied, the Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. Now, here is Naboth, a sweet guy, who loves the inheritance that his father gave to him, that he loved his daddy so much that even when the king asked him for his vineyard, he said, sorry, king. I think you can, you can do vegetable garden somewhere else. Why don't you try somewhere else? Not mine. And then so Ahab went home. Again, listen to this. Ahab went home sullen and angry because Naboth, the Jezreelite, had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And this is what the king did. He laid on his bed, sulking, and refused to eat. Yes. Some, some of you are like, are you sure you're reading from the Bible, Pastor? I never came across this passage. Yes, it's there. It gets very interesting. Here is a king laying on his bed, sulking, and refused to eat. Basically saying, I will not eat today because Naboth did not give me his land so that I can have my own vegetable garden. This is the situation. A passive husband. Somebody who is just allowing his emotions to lead him and respond. Now, this is what Ahab is representing. And let me tell you, many men do this. It's not just women. Many men do this also. Basically, what has happened, Ahab just gave up. He just gave up. And in marriage, many men has given up because they feel like they are not adequate. They feel like they cannot get what they want. They feel like they will never measure up. They just don't know how to handle rejection. And also, they get rejected quite often. And many times, men go into this passive mode when their own family or their own wife rejects them. The own wife demands saying that you need to measure up. You need to measure up to my expectation. Now look at what's happening here. Here comes the controlling wife. Everybody say Jezebel the controlling wife. Don't be scared. We are talking about Jezebel. You can say it out loud. Jezebel the controlling wife. Now his wife Jezebel came in and asked him, Why are you so sullen? Why won't you eat, honey? He answered her, because I said to Naboth, the Jezreelite, sell me a vineyard, or if you prefer, I will give you another vineyard in its place. But he said, I will not give you my vineyard. Now Jezebel, his wife, said, Aww. Is that what happened? It's okay. Why don't we just go find another place? 
come eat now, you must not be hungry. Now that's what she's supposed to say. Now this is what she's saying. Is this how you act as king over Israel? Now this is not to boost him up because you got you to understand now she's pointing at his identity. Not dealing with his emotion. She is now reminding a label. Is this how you act as king over Israel? Get up and eat. Cheer up. I'll get you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. Now who is wearing pants in this relationship? A controlling wife who is trying to take a lead. He's saying, come on man, you, you're supposed to be the man of this house. If you can't be the man, fine, I can be the man and I can go and get it for you. Can you just get up and eat and you call yourself a king? Basically, that's what happened here. We got to understand this. Both godly women and both godly men should not ever, ever do this to your spouses and thinking that you're trying to help them, but you're not. I want you to write this down. A godly woman can make her weak husband stronger, but a controlling woman can make her weak husband weaker. All right? Write this down. If you're not writing this down, you will forget it. Write it down. Frame it. Put it as a wallpaper, you know, whatever that will remind you that you got to remember that whatever situations you face in life, that you see your husband, you see your man, or you see your woman, you know, really being drained down or pulled down, you don't point at their identity, you don't try to take control over the situation, you submit to God. And allow God to work in that person's life and not you be the God of their lives. Amen? That is what a godly woman will do. See, what Jezebel is doing is she belittles her husband with her words. She's making him feel even smaller with his words. And then now she's taking control over the situation. She's like taking over. I'll get you the vineyard. See, she, a godly woman should have done is that just remind him, honey, you're the king over Israel. God has already blessed us. If this is it, if he gives, he gives. If it's not, then God will provide something else. Why don't we just pray about this and let's go eat. You see the difference there? The communication, the tone. This is for both men and women. Never ever belittle a person saying that they are not worthy because they are responding to a situation in a way that you don't accept. And I want you to remember, what is rewarded will always be repeated. What is rewarded will always be repeated. So whenever your husband does something nice for you, 
Don't ever tell him, oh, you could have done better. Fine, I'll accept this for now. He'll not repeat it. He will just take, come and ha- become a passive husband. You used to do this for me. You used to do that for me. Now I don't see you do that. That's because you probably complained. That's probably because you thought that, you know, that, that one little effort that he made, if you could have just rewarded him and said, honey, you did well. Even though he messed it up, you did well. Same do it with your wife. She cooked a dish for you. It was super salty and you did not like it, but still eat it with a smile and say, honey, mm, it's yum. Keep trying. What is rewarded will be repeated. We got we to we understand that both a man and a woman it has to be a God-honoring relationship and honoring each other relationship. You cannot claim that I honor God, but I will belittle you in the house. The Bible says a man's prayer will not be answered if he doesn't honor his wife. Whoa. Pastor, is that also in the Bible? Yes, it is. Go find out. All the KK Nagar life group people know where it is because we looked at it last week in the life group. It's true. So we need to understand that. See, I want to I talk a little bit to the husbands. And, and if you are not yet married, all the single people, and if you are praying for a husband, if you are praying for a wife, write these things down so that you will see these, look for these godly nature in the ones that you are going to marry in the future. You see, the husband, the reason why Ahab failed is because he failed to lead. He failed to lead. As a husband, you are called to lead. You are not called to sulk and sleep. You are actually called to take a lead, both spiritually, physically, emotionally, in everything. You are naturally called to lead. You don't need to teach a fish how to swim. It will just swim because that's how it's made to be. A man God created and God intended is to lead yourself and lead your family. Three areas that you need to lead. Write this down. A husband is called to lead and he is called to be the provider. Number one. He, you should be the provider. Of course, Jesus is the ultimate provider and you live under his providential grace. But then for your family, you need to set direction for the provision of your family. You need to have a vision. And you need to take your family in that vision. Number two, you should be the protector. You should protect your wife. You should protect your children. You should protect her heart. You should protect her emotions. You should protect her from wrong influences. A man is called to lead and protect your family. I remember every time, my dad, my dad is an amazing man. 
He has provided for us. He's protected for us. Except for the time when there are snakes around. <laughs> Every time there is a snake in a neighbor's house, you know, they would come and knocking at our door and they'd be like, oh, there's a snake, there's a snake. Immediately my dad will be like, all right, okay. And then, and then the neighbors will be like, no, pastor, we don't need you to come. We want auntie to come. Because we remember the last time what happened. And my mom, you know, she is professional when, she, when it comes to like, you know, killing snakes. She would just aim for it, one hit, on the head, done. And I've been watching this all my life. I even remember one time, this is the scariest thing that has ever happened, that we were called, pastors get called for all things. We get called for praying for people in the hospital and to kill snakes, literally, right? So we got called from our neighbor, and, we, and, and I was a little kid. I was almost like probably like Zion or maybe a little older, and they put me on, on a table, on the dining table, and I could see the snake moving around, and my mom is trying to kill it, and she was almost close to hitting it, and there was a power cut, And then, I, I think my mom got it or whatever, and I was like just standing still, right? Two minutes, the power came back on, I see my dad right next to me on the table. And my mom standing there with a stick, and, 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 and the snake is dead, thank God, it's just lying there. And my mom looks at the snake, and he looks at her, and my dad goes, what are you doing there? Oh, I'm just standing with Sam. Need to protect him. And I think I would be worse. I wouldn't even go. <laughs> A man is called to protect. And the third thing is, the man is called to be the pastor for the family. The man is called to be the pastor of the family. All the men in this room, everybody wave your hand. All the men. Yes. Great. Hello, pastor. Look at, the, look at them. If you're sitting next to a man, just wait, look at them and tell them, Hi, pastor. Call them, Hi, pastor. Everybody watching us online, all the men watching us online, Hi, pastors. The reason I say that, see, people are fine with, Yeah, I can be the provider. Anyway, she orders online. I pay for it. Of course. I can just give my plastic. I, she can take it. I can be the provider. I can be the protector. No problem. Whenever I go home, I put them inside. I lock them and go. They're protected. They're safe. How, I should be the pastor? Come on now. Pastor, you are the pastor of, the, of our family. The, what I mean by that is, as a man, you have a responsibility to be the spiritual leader of your home. I am not the spiritual leader of your home. I'm the spiritual leader of my home and I'm the spiritual leader of this church, but I'm not the spiritual leader of your home. You are the spiritual leader of your home. If your children don't know Bible, it's not because the kingdom kids teachers are not doing well. It's because you are not teaching them first at home. Church 
cannot do everything spiritually unless you take a lead in your family. What we do is we come around and we support you. We help you. We give you ideas of how to lead. But a man should take the lead and be the pastor of your home. And sometimes, if you are a single mother watching and if you feel like, Pastor, I am doing that, then God has placed you to do that for your family. Lead your family. Do that. It is really, really important. You are the spiritual leader of your home. Now, these are the three things that Ahab failed to do. He didn't protect his family. He, didn't, he, he would have provided. He would have done all these things because he's a king. But he did not lead his wife. He, did not, he, he thought he was leading his nation, but he was failing at home. You see, Jezebel created... We're going to fast forward in this um, story from uh, after verse 7 and we're going to skip a few verses. We're going to go to verse 15. But I want to give you in a short nutshell of what happened between these verses. Basically, when Jezebel said, I will go and get the land for you, this is what she meant. She basically went and created a false accusation against Naboth. Basically said that Naboth, you know, uh, rejected the king and Naboth, you know, disobeyed the king and Naboth is against the king. The moment she created this false accusation, then later what she says, did was she sent man and had him killed. She killed Naboth. And this is what is happening. You got to watch this. God is now dealing with this situation and God is not holding Jezebel accountable. He's holding Ahab accountable. Because he is supposed to be responsible and take the lead. He let this happen, so it happened. It says in verse 15, As soon as Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned to death, Naboth was stoned to death? Over a vegetable garden situation. Can you understand how cunning and wicked this woman was? And how controlling she was. That she had influence in her home and outside the house. That she took matters in her control. And do you see how it is crushing everything down? You might think that it's, you know, you have taken control over a small situation and you went out and acted hastily without your husband knowing or without your wife knowing and you thought, I just took control over the situation. No, you didn't. You have made things worse. Now, this is what happened. As soon as Jezebel heard that, Naboth had been stoned to death and she said to Ahab, get up. Take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, that he refused to sell you. He is no longer alive, but dead. Can you imagine that conversation? Coming to the husband's room and saying, Hey, hubby, you know Naboth you were talking about just this afternoon? You went and asked for his you know, vineyard and he wouldn't let you have your vegetable garden? You can have it now. Yeah, I was like, oh, really? 
He said yes. Uh, kinda. Yeah, he, he did say yes, kinda. Well, how, how did you convince him? I just killed him. I just killed him. You kill God's presence in your life when you try to take control of your own life and do things your own way. This is what is happening here. When Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, he got up. This is not a godly man. He got up and went down to take possession of Naboth's vineyard. How evil can they be? This is why when we read it in verse 21 at the beginning, they were totally sold out to be evil. The man did not say, Honey, what have you done? It's just, I was just sulking. I would have gotten over after you gave me my chicken soup. All I had to do is just, you know, I was just hangry. You went and killed him? That, that was not his response. He, he's giving a cowardly response. He's following the lead of a woman who went and took control of things in the evil way and he is just following that. Let me remind you, everybody in this room, if you are not leading, you are led. You are led by somebody else. Don't think that just because you're not leading, you're just taking a step back. No. If you are not leading your family, somebody else is leading your family. If you are not leading your daughter and your son into God's things, if you are not teaching them God's ways, then somebody else is teaching them their ways. The world can take control over your daughter and son's mind in just a 10-second YouTube advert. Hello? Every time an advertisement comes up on YouTube, I have to run and make sure that I skip it because even though they are watching a children's channel, they play the most inappropriate. Why would a half-naked woman dance for a car? Like, why? Why are they portraying these things? Why are they trying to sell things through lust why is the world addicted to that and where are you what are you doing what are you investing if they can spend millions and millions and millions of dollars to create a demand and what are you doing as a husband as a mother as a father for your children are you leading them into god's truth do you have time for them? Church is not enough. Just coming on a Sunday is not enough. Every day. Are you spending time? This is a common complaint among all the women. My husband is not leading me spiritually. This is all over the world. This is happening all over the world. And I want to tell, speak to all the men, please, you be the pastor of your home. You teach your wife. You teach your children. You kneel down so that they will kneel down with you. 
They should know that this is daddy's prayer time and nobody walks into the room because he is talking to God right now. And if he doesn't do that, things will not be quite okay at home. It should become a nature of the family. God will hold you accountable. This is what happened. Go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel. So then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel. Here comes the prophet now. And he says, who rules in Samaria, he's now in Naboth's vineyard where he has gone to take possession of it. Say to him, this is what the Lord says. Have you not murdered a man and seized his property? Watch these words carefully. He's not saying, didn't you and your wife plan this? Didn't your wife kill? No, he's not saying any of that. He's directly addressing the man, have you not murdered a man? And seize this property. Then say to him, this is what the Lord says. In the place where dogs licked up Naboth's blood, the dogs will lick up your blood. Yes, yours. Now this is why people feared prophets those days. They didn't walk in and say, you will have a multi-million dollar business and a Lamborghini car. (laughs) They were scared of prophets because they would walk in and call out the sin right at your face. And God sent Elijah and said, look at him. He's the king. He might be the king. But this is what is going to happen. Just like how the dogs licked up Naboth's blood, the same thing will happen to the king. The same thing will happen to the king. When I read that, I'm like, why a vegetable garden? <laughs> this is not, see, the, the thing is, it's not about what he wanted to possess. It was about what he already possessed inside. Being a passive husband and the wife being the controlling woman. What we can learn today is, Don't give up who you are for what you can possess as a family. You might want to possess a house and possess car and possess, you know, give your children a great future. But don't forget who you are. The moment you forget who you are, you lose God in your marriage. You lose God in your family. The moment you lose God in your marriage and in your family, you have lost everything. How can we build a church with such families? We can never build. Church is nothing but strong, godly men and women and families coming together, keeping God at the center. Only then the church will flourish and we will become a lighthouse for the society. Amen. I hope you were blessed by the sermon from the series Once Upon a Marriage. Make sure you share it with someone else who you think can also be blessed. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving an offering at www.kingcitychurch.org forward slash give. And we will see you next week with a brand new sermon. God bless.